Welcome to Ron and Nick's Best Friend Podcast, where we talk about finding the friend who helps us live in freedom, truth, and love. That's the truth. Three, two, one. Welcome to Ron and Nick's Best Friend Podcast. Best podcast. Friend best Podcast. Fr- best Friend Podcast that you cannot live without. And we're not going to say the tagline that we say, or you'll pass away. You just it's it's a it's a, it's a web it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a are you, are you okay? It's a podcast. Nick is fired up today. I we've am. been talking about, we've been dreaming wow. and talking together with the Holy Spirit in the presence. You know what happens when you when you sit together and you talk in the presence of the Holy Spirit? It's, it's always a creative explosion because he brings things to you in different light, shows you new things you never thought of before, tells you things about you that are hard to believe. Yeah. And uh, that's why you can't live without this podcast because, because he is life. And, and a lot of people just exist. They're not actually living. But we're living. We're, we're living. Yeah, it was a great We're going to get younger until we die, right? No, we're going to die the youngest we've ever been. We're going to die the youngest we've ever been. That's a, that's a good statement right there. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I've been thinking, and um, in the past several um, episodes, we were talking about marriage and talking to Ron, who's a counselor. And uh, I've been thinking about this, particularly now that we're going in 2024 and it's an election year, and we're not going to talk about politics, but I think everyone will agree, whatever your politics are, it is really hard to hear the truth out there. I mean, and I, and, and I primarily um, will put the blame, in my personal opinion, on the press. I mean, you can hear whatever, left or right, they're saying things that aren't true, absolutely wrong. And I guess it's a, it's a way uh, governments can control people. And I think communism, and I don't know much about communism, but I think that's how they perpetuate their belief. They they control the press. People only hear uh, what the uh, they they want them to hear, and they start to believe. All kinds of government. Oh, look, all kinds of governments have always done that. Dick dictatorships, uh, fascism, communism. Uh, all different kinds of uh, uh, political systems, and it's always been a competition for for those instruments of truth. I guess you would call them. Yeah. Like, where do you get your information? Like when we were growing up, and this is really dating us. There were what you had ABC, ABC and yeah. yeah, you had the three. Th- big three, and you and had everyone watched at six thirty. Yeah, you had Walter Cron- Cronkite, yeah. and who, when he said something, you believed him. Right. Or you had, uh, I don't know, I guess Dan Rather. I can't remember who the, Dan Rather might have been after But, but there was more of an integrity, I believe, in the people that were reporters. They wanted to tell the truth for the most part. And I'm not going to say all of it, but there just seemed to be more integrity. So I bring the subject up. You're, you're disagreeing with that? Oh, no. I think, I think the idea that people are unbiased is a lie. I think everyone's biased, and they've always been biased. Uh, and they have been I think what's happened is people used to be more honest about how biased they they oh. were now people maybe even people don't know how unbiased they are because they've be, they've drank the Kool-Aid and right. now they and, and even you, you guys out there notice I don't care left or right whatever you are like do you want if, if you're a, if a left wing politics or where your, your worldview is I doubt very seriously that you tune into a conservative news outlet because it it irritates you to hear somebody saying things that you just that ir- that don't agree with your worldview. You do that long enough, 
and you only have one world you know one position because you're getting it from that and the same thing as the other side if you're a right winger and right wing politics suit you you don't tune into a left wing well you're you're falling right into the subject I want to talk about because this is the deal and and I know how booked you are in counseling and you know you never get to tell me all your details I never you never divulge anything but I got to I got to think that and here's the statement the wrong thing can be said so often that it begins to sound like it's true and I'm wondering that I'm wondering what you face on a daily, weekly, monthly, I don't know, when people come in with things that they believe are true that's just not true. Hmm. And, and, and if you can give an example of that, maybe to help people in a belief that, you know, I come in, I've paid for the counseling, I got the appointment, I sit in front of you, and listen, whether you, I've been in counseling before, and and I had my own beliefs. Okay, sometimes they were right, sometimes they were wrong. But I have been, I have my own set of beliefs. I believe they are true. Someone has told me they were true. I come in knowing that they're true, and they're absolutely not true. How do you deal with that? And can you give me an example of what people do to have a belief system that's that they've been told over and over and over, and it's just flat out not true? Ah. Uh... A couple of things come to mind. Uh, one, l- let me, I'll, I'll name them and then you can ask. Oh, wow. Again. You have more than one? Oh, I have many. Oh, yeah. so, wait, so you're coming in telling me there are many beliefs systems that come in that are absolutely. We're not talking about belief systems. We're talking about pieces of your belief system. Like it's okay. not, maybe you're not your entire belief system, but there's, there are things that get stuck they get, and they get wow. repeated enough and then you, you repeat them. And once you start repeating them, then they become true to you, and they're, and then they become unchallengeable, and then some of them solidify into like the core of your belief system, and then that can be trouble. Mike would say, all, uh, only, you know, all true things don't end at the truth, and he was talking about Jesus being the truth, and everything's got to bow down to Jesus. I mean, that's that's our that's our worldview. Our worldview is that Jesus is the is not just the savior, he's the champion. He's the one who defeats sin and hell and death. And because of that, what he has to say has ultimate authority. And so you have to you have to take whatever you have and you've got to take it to Jesus and it's got to take its place relative to him. So there are things that, that have not taken their place relative All to right. Jesus, who he is, what he said, I what he did. I can't wait to hear this. Well, <laughs> well some, of them are, are, some of them are like this. Okay, here, I'll tell you too. I've got a chemical imbalance. I have to take medicine the rest of my life in order to feel good, in order to be normal. Okay, so that may sound like um, something that everyone has heard and you and and it's become mainstream. And so there are a lot of people. And I'm not telling you, please don't stop taking your meds, you know, because of what I'm talking about. But th- this is a question you have to ask yourself. Um, where did the chemical imbalance come from? Like you, you weren't born that way. You weren't born to be chemically imbalanced. You weren't born anxious or depressed or bipolar or these things. These medicines, some of them are very, very useful and helpful and help people a lot. But challenge the idea that 
you are chemically imbalanced. You, you, how did you get chemically imbalanced? Okay, why, why I bring that up is because if you believe that, you, you will never search out why you're chemically imbalanced. Uh. And you won't invite Jesus into that place where he might be able to heal it. Not might. See, even when I say might, Jesus can heal it. Now, I don't know what Jesus wants to do. I'm not going to speak for him on this. I'll just say that Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. Bipolar is not full life. Depression is not full life. Anxiety is not full life. So let's take those things and subject them to the person of Jesus and the words of Jesus and the actions of Jesus and make them get on their face in front of Jesus and then have a discussion about it. Let, let me push you back, push back on that. Okay. okay. So uh, I'm a person, as an example, uh, I, I'm going to see you. In, uh, well, two people, Nick A and Nick B. And Nick A was abused as a child sexually uh, and whatever, fill in the blank on whatever that may mean. Okay. And it has affected Nick in a way that uh, maybe has progressed his depression or he's not feeling good about himself. Okay, Nick B, uh, same exact thing happens to him, but he's able to move on with his life and it doesn't seem to have affected him, you know. A and B. What's the difference between those two people? Did is there a weakness? Is there a chemical? Listen, I don't think you want to do this because you're taking the discussion all off in a different direction about true things and untrue things. I could talk to that if you want me to, but okay. But but, but let's let's do this. Let me put a pin in that. Maybe something to come back and discuss another episode because I think it's important. Let me just say this: there are unique selves. Thinkers, feelers, doers is generally what I divide people into. And I believe that a thinker, feeler, or doer will respond to uh, a sexual abuse or any kind of abuse or trauma differently in your unique self. And there's blends of those, thinkers, feelers, feelers, doers, you know, all, all those I together. I, I think there's a particular personality type that handles abuse differently and it doesn't stick to them the same way. Now, okay. that doesn't say that it doesn't cause problems, and it also doesn't mean that there aren't actual problems that they are just in denial about or that, that haven't emerged yet. So I don't want to just say, well, okay. Okay. okay, every doer doesn't isn't affected by sexual abuse. That's not true. I mean, it's you can't take people and just put them in hoppers and say, okay, every person will react this way. I understand. Okay? I understand. So w- where, where we were going was just this. So let's put a pin in that. Come back for another discussion. Here's what I think about saying the same thing over and over again. Now, if you've come to believe that chemical imbalance is who you are, chemically imbalanced is who you are, and you happen to find a med that works for you, an antidepressant, antipsychotic, anti-anxiety, all the things that are out there, psychotropic medicines, and and you just take that and you feel better, now, you might feel better and feel functional, but it also might prevent you from meeting Jesus in a place where you could find out something about Jesus that you can't find out in, in some place other than brokenness. We were talking offline before we came on here about what happens when you suffer 
and Jesus rescues you and you come through the valley of the shadow of death and the authority that comes with that. It isn't just authority in the sense like, well, now I have authority, you know, that's not really what it means. I mean, now you have the author of your life and you have a different relationship to him and you feel that. And it, and it, and it does let you speak to things differently. Like when, when depression comes knocking on my door now, which it still does, I, I know that I can say, you're not staying. I, I'm going to make you bow down to Jesus. Go back to my, my analogy. You're going to bow down to Jesus and who he is and what he's done and what he said. End of discussion. Now, depression's going to bow out because once it bows down, it'll bow out. You have, to, you have to make things submit to Jesus, okay? Let me tell you something else. Okay, you want to ask a question about well, this? Well, yeah, you're, you're reminding me of that Mike's line which was so many I said 15 years ago last podcast Jesus man we're talking about 25 years ago maybe it's yeah okay long time where he says what the, the nearness of Christ no every uh, there's, there's nothing, nothing the nearness of Christ doesn't cure right yeah is that what you're talking about that's exactly what I'm talking about precisely what I'm talking about did you hear that ladies and gentlemen there's nothing the that nearness the nearness of Christ doesn't cure doesn't cure nothing and we there Gosh. there are holes in our belief system, and and I deal with a lot of people like this because this is where people come and they're stuck. Why are you stuck? Well, you're stuck because greater greater is the depression in you than the than the solution, and the and the Bible also says this, and Jesus said, you know tells us the Holy Spirit wrote this down. Greater is He that's in you that's than He that's in the world, which is the greatest good news. Like I, you, you discover that the Holy Spirit in you is actually greater. So what do you than do? abuse or dis- and I know we're trauma. getting off of here now. Yeah. What, so what do you do to bring them there? Well, there's, that's what's interesting about the job. I, like, I listen to the Holy Spirit, and I think what you want, what I want to do is start a discussion with people that leads them into a discussion with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to have a discussion with the Holy Spirit about Yourself. whatever I hear. All right. That leads me to ask questions and, and make statements that will start a conversation between the stuck person and the person who can unstick them, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can unstick people. And there's a lot of ways he does that. You can imagination. Look, there's these modalities that people use in counseling. I hope we're going to talk about, you know, sometimes uh, different uh, systems. I was talking to my friend Ken last night at uh, after staff meeting at Hopewell about uh, one of the modalities that that he uses uh, about family systems, and um, I, I'm probably misquoting that in, anyway. But the, these modalities are fine as long as they're places where they create conversations between the person and the Holy Spirit. EMDR, uh, um, you know. Uh, I'll 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 mess up. Karina does body work, you know, which is energy work, and it's called Splanka. And there's all kinds of different modalities they're called, where you can you can engage people on one level, but ultimately, if you're not getting a stuck person to the counselor, they're going to get stuck again. Do you have a modality? Mm, I don't think I do I, I hate to say that like I don't want to act like well everybody else has a modality and I just have the Holy Spirit like I think everything's available to me I'm not trained in like like I have a friend Laura she's an EMDR uh, expert 
Uh, CBT is another modality. I'm not trained in those in those modalities. I'm not trained in any modality, okay, but fine. I feel like all of them are available to me because if I wanted to use any of them, I could. Okay, I got it. But but ultimately, I believe that if I can get a conversation started between you and the Holy Spirit, you can now go back and say, "Hey, does do I have to be on psychotropic meds the rest of my life?" Maybe they were maybe they were just a modality to get you stable enough so that you could hear I tell somebody this week, like you've got a splitting headache and you're sitting there and I go, dude, we can't even talk about like your, you know, the root of your problem. You take an aspirin. Okay, now, I got how, you. does your head not hurt? Okay, now we can talk. What if, what if psychotropic meds, and I do believe this about psychotropic meds, is that they are, they are there to get you to the place where you are not dep- so depressed you can't talk, right. not so anxious you can't talk, not so bipolar that you can't talk, but so that you're stable enough to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit, which might lead you back to the place where you go, okay, I'm going to resolve the trauma that, that caused the chemical imbalance. That's very imbalance. interesting. Because I do believe in That's chemical fair. imbalances. I'm not saying I don't. I'm saying where did they come from and could they be resolved if we got to the root of them? Like, it was it sexual trauma? Was it, you know, there's a lot of ways to be traumatized, man. A lot of ways to be traumatized. Want me to give you another one? Yeah. I, I thought about it. Okay, this is on a different level, a whole different level, a more worldview. You said the right thing, the wrong thing gets said so often that it that it sounds right. It sounds It sounds so right that when you say the right thing, it sounds wrong. Right. Right? Well, here's one that, that really drives me crazy, and, and this is a, this one really drives me crazy. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. You're gonna probably go to Sunday, you know, go to Sunday school, a church, or a small group, and someone's gonna say, "Well, you know, God just, I'm really excited. God wants to, God's at, using me to do blah, or God wants to use me to do this." Okay. I like your pause. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it's abusive. I think it it's corrosive. I think you end up, you you end up exhausted. You, but God doesn't need to use anybody to do anything. God doesn't want to use you. If you have a daughter and you have several, and I and I had a man, which all of them have men at this point. But if I had a man to meet your daughters back in the day, and I said, Nick, I got somebody I want to meet, Nicole, um, or Angela, or Kelsey, and and they want to use them. You would go. Mm, I don't think I want that person to meet my daughter. Same, same for your sons, Alex, and Anthony. You're like, do you want somebody to meet, or my son or daughter, Nicole, Caleb? Do you, do I want somebody to use my children? No. So what is the what is what is the right? So how does God? I'm getting ready to say use you. <laughs> God doesn't want to use you. God wants you What's to participate want? in life with Him. It's there a participation it. thing. It's a joining him in what he's doing. Henry Blackaby wrote this a long time ago. There's a Bible study called Experiencing God. If you, uh, I don't know if you did it, but I did it a long time ago. Me and Tina did it. And one of the principles of experiencing God, Henry Blackaby, look it up. It's really a good Bible study, is God is always at work, and he invites you to join him in his work. That is, a, that is an accurate view of what's going on. God is at work. He's doing work. And he's like, hey, come on, come do this work with me. 
not going to use you. He's not, he doesn't need to use you. Is there anything that you can do that God can't do better and faster and more efficiently? Well, you, you use the word abuse. It, it's abusive. You're talking about psychologically, you can get you thinking of... Uh, oh, I think churches use it to abuse you. I think religious organizations, by their nature, tend towards becoming abusive this way because they take you, co-opt you, make you into a human doing instead of letting you be a human being. Now they've got you and they're like, okay, well, now, you know, God wants to use you. Okay, what, what does he want me to do? Teach Sunday school to third graders, uh, okay? And, and to never stop doing this because God wants to use you. If God wants to use you, can you ever stop? I mean, when are you ever going to stop? And, and also, if God wants to use you, how are you ever going to know that you've you know, done it well enough? Uh, it just gets in your head. And people believe it. And also, here's another side of it. Well, God doesn't, I, I, I don't know what God wants me to do, so God doesn't want to use me, which is a statement of worthlessness. See, uh, I must not be uh, worthy because uh, 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 God doesn't want to use me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just as weird. I mean, God, God doesn't want to use me, so I feel bad about myself. God's using, I don't know. We were talking offline about a guy today. God, you know, God's doing a lot in his life. Oh, God's really using Pastor, you know, Johnny, but he's not using, you know, Pastor Fred. Um, Pastor Fred's church doesn't grow. Pastor Johnny, man, the most abused people in the world might be pastors. They abuse their own selves. So we'll end it with a saying that, what, how can we end this? Just remind people, how, how can they get out of this, uh, not stuckness, but how, how can, should they question their belief system at times and, and, and wondering why they believe certain things. How can you, how can we tell people that are listening to this to how to question something that they actually may believe they've been told or does someone have to enlighten them? It's really, it's actually pretty simple. Really? It, yeah, I mean, ask. You understand my question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really simple because this, this Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us is so ready to talk. He's ready to talk. It isn't a secret. This is the religious, the religious system secret that ends up getting things embedded that are not true. They, you act like there are gatekeepers that have to tell you what God says. But, God, but God's willing to tell you exactly what he says. And even when he wrote the Bible, now it's like all the people have got to interpret the Bible for me. Well, this Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible is accessible to anybody who reads the Bible. Just go read it and go, hey, could you tell me what this means? He'll tell you. People act like going to seminary, going to cemetery, you know, makes you the, the authority. It does not make you the authority. You don't have any authority at all unless the Holy Spirit speaks. When he's speaking, you have authority. When he's not, you have none. I, I don't even care. Uh, about what you say you can quote the bible and you have no authority if you're not doing it out of the out of the spirit out of the spirit because there's plenty of people who take the bible misquote it misappropriate it matter of fact those people were called pharisees and they killed jesus they had all they had everything lined up but they had no connection with god so the the answer to your question is it's a connection to god you just say I want to know. When you hear something like, even if you hear this podcast, you go, I, I don't know about that. Well, ask the Spirit. Say, is Ron full of it? And if he says, I am, then listen to him. Don't listen to me. Listen to him. He will never lead you astray. 
Thanks for joining us today for this week's episode of Ron and Nick's Best Friend Podcast, where we talk about who? The best friend who tells us how to live in freedom, truth, and love. For more information about him or the show, you can join us at www.ronandnicksbestfriend.com. And don't forget to subscribe. I think it's great. No, that's there's great stuff there.